0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu podcast.
1: Ethics in football, we dug ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Hey, no
2: easy answers, but there's nothing I know now it's time to play that banjo. Oh. football's our favorite but won't you please take note we see it's got some problems we're all in the same boat reckoning with football's past i reckon you better paddle fast boys
1: Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host Kevin Paul. Joined as always by my compatriots Andrew Stevens, Brian Scott Rippey, and Ross Mulcahy. Give them a second to join here. Uh, as we know, Spotify Green Room is Spotify Green Room, so I basically got to get this cranked up mostly to uh, prevent Ross from interrupting me when I start out. But uh, hey, Ross, how's it going, bud? Hey, okay, P. I can't complain. Well, actually, I, I can for a number of reasons, but I'm all right right now. Uh, just trying to get my Chromecast to work so I can watch the Yankees play the Red Sox and not be stressed out about that at all. Uh, how about you?
0: Is the main reason you can complain the fact that Kyle Schwarber just took Eric Cole deep?
1: Oh, he took Cole deep. Uh, Cole got taken deep again. I saw the
0: Xander home run. Yeah, it's three nothing. Oh, well, this is just all. Yeah, this
1: uh, this is just awesome, then. Hell, yeah. I can go to sleep early tonight.
0: Yeah. Well, on the bright side, last week you were dead, so Andrew. You know, at least you're alive for this.
1: Yeah, true. Yes, moving does kill man, in fact. So, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Andrew, what's up with you, fam?
2: <laughs> uh, baseball bullshit. Thank you for that, uh, I'm that tired insight, of Andrew. Yeah, make it three innings. Entertain me. Actually, pro steroid. You're
0: tired of. It. And just an
1: yeah. insightful take. I'm glad your team finally won the one World Series in 113 years.
2: Not gonna get better than that. Why watch?
1: I mean, Boston was probably the and Ross, you can corroborate this. Boston was pretty much the most cursed sports city ever, right? Really, until basically until Tom Brady, or really until Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Which was like kind of part of the curse, too. Drew Bustle getting here was like, ah, those damn cursed Boston sports. And then just like the 2000s and to a slightly lesser extent the 2010s happened. But yeah, man.
2: um, And now everyone has to read the ringer and barstool sports.
1: Well, I'm just saying, Andrew, Boston's, Boston's the most cursed sports city, really, of like until this millennium hit was the most cursed sports city ever. And they still had one more award series than the Cubs. <laughs> I don't know,
2: is Cleveland cursed? Or are they just bad? Is there Cleveland a difference pretty
0: cursed?
2: Is, is is there a difference
1: between Well, it's that's tough because like the Indians – you can say like the Indians were or the Cleveland baseball team was cursed, but at the same time like I don't know. They just—they made, like, what, three, four World Series, and they were just really good. They just got unlucky. Like, we don't call the Bills cursed. They were just really good and lost at the end.
2: No, see, I would call the yeah. Bills cursed. Like, the Saints were just bad. Like, the Saints pre-Drew Brees were just bad. They weren't cursed. The Bills were, like, Georgia football the, the is Bills, cursed.
1: The Bills also ran into, like, the 90s Cowboys, which, like, you can't really blame them for that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you gotta get one. It's like it didn't matter. Yeah, but they ran into like, it was weirdly. I I understand like you go that many times, you gotta get one. But they ran into like the '90s Cowboys twice, and then like the best Redskins team ever, and (laughs) and also like a Bill Parcells Giants team. Like they didn't really have
0: a chance. I mean, I can blame them for that though. Like, the Broncos had a great year, ran into the Legion of Boom, and got curb stomped in the Super Bowl. And so they decided to fix it. Come back two years later and won the Super Bowl. Bills had four chances. Yeah, but it's won. like that's that's on them.
1: It, it, I mean, it's definitely on them. But again, I wouldn't really call it a curse. It's just like, hey, you run into a better team sometimes. Sometimes you're just never the best team. That's fine, Andrew. Oh, Georgia football for sure, because Georgia football has been the best team before. Like I, I, Andrew, you were. I mean. You weren't a fan, but you remember the '07 season, right? Like Georgia was probably the best team in the country <laughs> that year, uh, but they inexplicably lost at home to far from Spurrier's best South Carolina team, and also thirty-five to seven to a mid-Tennessee team. But like they were yeah, the
2: best. See, team. It's hard but, for me to say they were the best team in the country when when losing by
1: twenty. I mean, it was like what week four or something like that. It was early. Um, and it's college football, so it's sample size. Like it's never, we never know who the best team in the country. At. Like there are very few years where we realize, like, oh, that was the best team in the country for sure, and they won the natty. Like I'd argue, the first two Bama Clemson natties, like the better team, probably lost both those games. Um, but yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. So what i you can lose a game. Thinking, by yeah, I wasn't be the uh... best team.
2: Ari uh ohio state in
1: 2018 no because um, greg shano was on that coaching staff so i can't i can't call a team with greg <laughs> Shiano on staff the best in the country uh but speaking of best in the country um alabama and georgia guys hell of a weekend for both teams for very different reasons uh andrew did you watch the full 37-0 demolition or just most of it how are you, how are you feeling coming out of that game
2: Um, so I had to perform a great rallying cry amongst my friends who did great this weekend. Um, We had to make it from New Orleans to the tailgate in Baton Rouge by 11 a.m. for the start of the Georgia game. We got there at, I want to say, 1059. um, And so we did get to see. The beginning and then I watched the entire game, but as, as you're drinking and on campus and people start showing up and it's 34 to nothing, the, the, you stop caring a little bit. Um, but I'm planning on going to rewatch it at some point this week. I unfortunately feel good, which means something is inevitably bound to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, the, me feeling good has me feeling bad.
1: Hey, well, nice. Uh, just
0: quick, quick pause on the feeling bad. KP, is your Chromecast working yet?
1: Um, I think I have troubleshot it. Uh, did the Sox score again?
0: Uh, no. But um, Garrett Cole is out of the game with no outs in the third.
1: That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that you know we start. But hey, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be well rested for the ALDS, right? Right.
0: right Kevin. Um, but yeah a-
1: andrew andrew i did th- look i understand that you have you know your experience as a georgia fan but outside of florida who is going to challenge you until december i mean look at just look at the schedule andrew are you afraid of andy are you afraid of Andy now not 2016 andrew are you afraid of andrew of andy now
2: I don't know. Due to the due to the transitive property, we may uh, we should we're, we're only I guess two touchdown favorites better than Georgia Tech based on our, our common opponent in Clemson.
1: Oh see. I've already forgotten that you played Danny, but like yeah, like you've got Kentucky coming in, but I see that going very similar to the Arkansas game. Um, you're at Auburn, but I mean, are you afraid of Bo Nix? I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm. I just don't. I don't. I
2: I just don't want to have to have Stetson Bennett play an entire season. Um I don't know how hurt JT Daniels is but he's not healthy. I don't know what's going on but every Wednesday like Wednesday of like every single week everyone's like, "Oh, what's going on with a different issue for J- I, I I barely even know what your lat is." And so He has a lat issue. It seems like that would make it difficult to throw the football. Um, And so, when Stetson Bennett is your best passing option, I'm not thrilled. Like, I'm not necessarily concerned about anyone other than Florida if you catch Florida on a decent week, but sure as shit can't beat Bama or anyone in the playoff like this.
1: Like, but also, that brings me to my next point. And a lot of people, namely, you know, our friend of the pod, Alex Kirschner, brought this up. I, I know quarterback development is not easy, but, I mean, Andrew, this is year six for Kirby. How How is Stetson Bennett your best option after the starter? I mean, it's year, I understand Brock Vannegrove like, just got on campus, but Carson Beck's in year two, and he was a four or five star coming in. Like, he was a blue chip guy. How is year seven Stetson Bennett still a better option?
2: Justin Fields. He set the program back at least five years. Well, Kirby set like, himself at, back at a, in not starting. Really? At, at this all has point. stemmed from Jake. The, the, we're, we're still living in the world of the offshoot of Jacob Eason getting hurt before he should have and forcing Jake Fromm to ever take a meaningful snap at Georgia. We should have just gone from three years at Eason with Fields sitting behind him for a year and then three years of Fields and then going into – uh, somebody right now, whether it 's grad transfer or you you end up bringing in a different freshman, but everything got thrown into the fire once Easton went down and fromm wasn't. Good enough, but he was too good to replace him at the time. And we all know what happened and explicably got worse season after season. And so I, I just don't, I, I have no confidence in the incompetence at the quarterback position. And therefore, I can't like possess a ton of confidence outside of like the rate. Like, I, I think we could pretty easily go 12 and 0 this regular season. That doesn't necessarily concern me. It's, but no one's playing for the regular season right now.
0: Right. But you also my see big that like, thing you're is... confident that I was just gonna say, like you say that, like you're confident mm-hmm. that when Eason's time was up, Kirby would have gone to the younger Justin Fields and not with the more experienced, you know, junior backup Jake Fromm.
2: Uh, see, I, that that's something where if, if had Fromm never gotten actual game experience, like everyone said that Fields looked better in practice than Fromm, but you can't. Take a guy who goes to the national championship game In his freshman year And bench him And I reasonably understand that But had he not had that That backing behind him because I still do think as crazy as it like as as much as they block out noise and media and stuff like they, they still understand that their decisions have public repercussions and I so and I think the moment like like you become at such a razor's edge of scrutiny of Justin Fields screws up because of what Jake Fromm did the prior year that everyone can point to well that's the guy you benched that's the guy you benched but if you don't have that to fall back on then I think you can just reasonably say this is what what we've seen in practice, Justin is clearly the better player just because anyone that has eyeballs knows that. Um, and so I, 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 I'm not saying Kirby would have gotten out of his own way, but I do think that even if it would have been a toned-down version, it still would have been some version of Justin Fields running the offense.
1: Right. It's just, for me, it's like – and again, like it's almost an unfair comparison, but like Bryce Young is in year two, and he is – Playing super well. I know he was an uber highly ranked recruit, but like, so was Carson Beck. And I, what, what happened in the twelve? No, they were, they were on different, they were the, on
2: different tiers.
1: Different tiers for sure. But Carson uh, Beck was still a huge get and he was still a four star. And like, how was, how was a year two four star, not a better option than Stetson Bennett at this point? Like, was it just an evaluation mess? I have a I have a hard time believing they've missed out on this many quarterbacks evaluation wise in a row but for some reason they think they hit on Stetson Stetson no I don't think they
2: I don't think they think they've I don't think they've hit on Stetson I I think it is this this weird like like uh what's his name Carson Beck was the number 250 prospect in the country like that I, like he's good but that was definitely not like that like that's a lower end four star. Like he that, that, that he wasn't like a super super highly touted recruit. I think more than anything, it, it it was it was weird recruiting timing misses because you brought in Newman last year and then you had Daniels coming in there, and so I think you just missed your window on con- any sort of confidence from that top line level of recruits from the last class to want to actually end up coming in and then you've got vandegrift now if if they end up missing on vandegrift then i'm going to be legitimately concerned because i i I haven't been concerned with really like i'm not upset with the the process behind kirby selecting from overfields but I will be concerned if we bring in more high-level talent and then can't develop it, and so that 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 is more going to be the concern with me because I think we developed from decently well into whatever he was. I, I, I simply have no idea how you get worse year after year. I I, the, I I don't know if that's scheme or not. I'm 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 not a James Coley apologist by any means, but I, I do feel like that might still be on the kid a little bit, um, but I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm coming off as a Kirby defender right now and I don't necessarily intend to. Um, I just think it's been such a weird situation in terms of like – who the who the potential quarterback is and and Carson Beck coming in with like two shortened spring practices and like a bunch of covid stuff like it just doesn't shock me that he is not more game ready than Stetson who is i, I mean basically been a full
0: season starter
1: yeah it you guys have six weeks of, well yeah, six I mean, games from
0: yeah, and Jake Fromm is the number three quarterback in his class. If you take the number three quarterback in his class and it gets worse every year, I feel like that's on coaching.
2: Maybe, but I mean, he was... I, I, I think it was specifically the more like scheme than coaching. Like, I don't think it was... It, it, because at the same time, he went and he got drafted into the sixth round and completely fizzled out, too. And so not, not saying that like all of these things aren't intertwined, but when he was under uh, Cheney's offense, he, he looked pretty solid in 2017. And then um, you, you lose Michelle and you lose uh, Chubb, and then you bring in or, or you, you promote Coley. Um, and I think that's where the, the large issue started. But it seems like things have been rectified at least in, like I said last episode, I think Joe Burrow forced Kirby to see the light. Um, and I, I I am confident-ish, if healthy, that JT Daniels can lead an offense that is formidable enough to actually win games that they haven't in the past. But that's sort of the, the entire contingent here. I, I just have no idea if... They're going to be healthy if the receiving core is going to be healthy, if the offensive line is going to be healthy. And so uh, th- that is where my concern lies more more than the, the scheme or, or the, the recruiting.
1: Yeah. Well, for, a- a- Andrew, you're 5 and 0, 6 or whatever, however, I think we're five weeks. Ahead. You're 5-0. You've got seven games to figure it out, and there's not a team that should really threaten you on the schedule. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe JT will get healthy. I truly think that you can – give JT 15 snaps, 15 throws a game between now and December 4th, or whatever that day is, and be fine. Uh, But moving on, there's another blockbuster from the SEC last weekend. Uh, Ross, how much of Alabama Ole Miss did you catch
0: on Saturday? So I didn't catch too much of it live, but I did watch the full game on Sunday um, to really get the full feeling of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was able to watch the full thing, and man, I, l- listen, I and Brian Rippey, who's going to be able to join us in a little bit here, uh, wrote about this, but I don't necessarily hate the fourth down decisions by Lane Kiffin. Um, I'm not just saying that tongue-in-cheek as a Bama fan, I'm saying that as a football fan. I think if you have that little faith in your defense, there's no reason not to go forward on fourth and short, but... I mean, we saw three separate times they didn't have a fourth-and-one play that they could count on, which is another issue. Being that aggressive is, I think, key to being a good football coach. I mean, even Nick Saban is that aggressive, at least in plus territory. But, I mean, speed option uh, on your own 28, I, that's just – like w- w- what are you doing, Lane? Like, I don't- <laughs> You haven't blocked. They haven't been able to block them yet, and that play was dependent upon a right tackle who'd been getting his ass kicked all day, being able to block Henry Telltale. Like I, I don't hate the decision itself. I kind of just hate the play call. And again, I'm no, very think- happy Bama won the game, but yeah, it's just I, I don't understand some of the play calling there. Like they outside of the first drive, like, B- Ole Miss could not block Bama at all. And even in that first drive, they really were no. getting yards on misdirections, RPOs, and et cetera. They were finding space, but they weren't blocking Bama's
0: line or even the linebackers. So I, I don't know. Ross, what do you think? I don't think that, you know, just like out-muscling Bama on the line was ever or shouldn't have ever been their game plan if it was. So, like, again, I, I mean, I watched that full first drive, and I remember I was a little nervous um, watching it because they really seemed to be moving the ball. I mean, it was like misdirection and and weird stuff, but it was, it was working and they were getting, you know, some good yardage and solid yardage, but for play callers, and I know Jeff Levy's technically the play caller, but Lane Kiffin's the head coach, like for play, for offensive minds of that caliber, you would think they would go into that game with 10 plays for fourth and one, fourth and two and fourth and three. That they're you know these are our go tos these are going to get us the yards we need because they know they're going to have to go for it you know you you're going into that game you don't go for the fourth down that many times that that game without knowing in advance that's your plan so it's kind of amazing to me and this is one of the things that if you watched that um, I don't know what they call it but Saban breaks down like one play on video after every game and he did a whole thing about how they're um, I think it was the third touchdown was set up. It was like fourth and one at the goal line and they set it up. They like ran it basically the exact same way as a running touchdown they had before, but they had set it up earlier and they had to the sprint out. And like they had two tight ends open and Bryce Young got to just pick which one he wanted to throw it to. And like, that is clearly a fourth down play that they've practiced that they were ready for. They set up earlier by, running the, you know, sort of offshoot of it with the direct run into the line earlier in the game. And I don't understand how that's the kind of thing that I would imagine Lane Kiffin would love to do, would have, like, six plays that are set up to look like fourth and one that are all run out of the same formation that have a slight wrinkle each time just to confuse the defense, that they can get the conversion every time. And I don't understand how that didn't happen. I kept waiting for that to happen, and it didn't.
1: Yeah, it was... um... Look, I I just don't fully fully understand the logic behind some of the play calls. Uh Like the first fourth and the the first fourth down stop they had. I mean that was like on the ten yard line. Whatever you make that, I'd be mad at it. But if it was fourth and one from the ten, and he didn't go for it, right? Um But it's like I don't know. I mean, you you kind of got lucky with you know the inside runs that you were able to get earlier in the drive and. Bama's not gonna miss every tackle. Eventually, they're going to start taking you down. So, I don't know, like, when. And and then I, I I kind of took, I was happy about the win, not because like, hey, we beat like a ranked opponent in division, but, man, Ross, you can, I want your opinion on this, and Andrew, you too. I think Lane Kiffin's just annoying as shit on Twitter, man. And I, I I know pot beat kettle, but, (laughs) Lane just kind of annoys the hell out of me, and he's. You look like I think a third of his tweets he mentioned Alabama football in them. Like, what's that? Like, what are you doing, Lane? Just like. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I think he he rocks. More focused on just like I think he rocks because he more,
2: of the reason that you are complaining about right now and that it annoys Alabama fans.
1: It's just well, no, the thing is it doesn't annoy Alabama. Alabama fans love that shit. They want Lane to come back, and that's what annoys me. He is openly like, campaigning they, they to be the next him.
0: head coach after Saban retires.
1: Yes. And I for many, many reasons that don't think what? he should ever be allowed back in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> well, R- Ross just mentioned that he is openly campaigning to be Saban's replacement coach. I'm sure I'm sure there's a time where that could have been the case, but for many reasons that we won't get into right now, I don't think he should ever be allowed back in Tuscaloosa.
2: No, and I think... I, I don't know. I think he's smart enough to know that he's not going to be Saban's replacement. And, I, to be honest, I think he's also smart enough to not want to be Saban's replacement, just because I think we've talked about... Like, you have fucking 9-4 and four your first season? Hell no. You, uh, like, I think... I think you would much rather go to a place like LSU.
1: I don't think he's. I don't think he's smart enough to not want to be Saban's replacement, man. I think the ego, and again, I I have a, an outside ego as well, not Lane Kiffin level, but I do. But I, I think Lane Kiffin's ego is like, well, yeah, of course I can be better than Saban. Like that was his whole thing. Like to get your popcorn ready comment was just like, that is like, oh, like, you guys get ready, I'll show you. Like, and again. I love talking shit, but talking shit is only cool if you actually like you know do the thing, not get down thirty-five (laughs)
0: zero. Yeah, well, you could also like hire a defensive coordinator who isn't also a shitty person. Yeah, well, the thing is,
1: the thing is, if you're going to give up forty-two points and a million yards and
0: have the opponent name their score,
1: you can do that with anybody. You know, you could have done that with me as a defensive coordinator, but like I haven't killed the kid, so you know you can you can find anyone that there's so many defensive coaches that haven't killed kids um
2: i also think with lane like with lane to be completely honest i still think lane's punching above his weight in terms of like where the expectations are for him right now
1: he's eight and six andrew like what what are the expectations that old he's eight and six
2: i'm I mean, I agree, but also I don't necessarily like your your first season starting as a as a COVID season. I'm not really going to like hold as equal weight of of coming in normally. And also, he didn't necessarily. I mean, he he inherited a 500 program, um, and so I think like this current version of Ole Miss, which probably will finish nine and three, and could easily go hit ten wins in a bowl game. I think in his first like real season at Ole Miss, that's completely punching above his weight. And I'm not saying that this is like some imminent threat to the to the West or anything perennial, but like I I think Lane knows what he's doing. And I like I, I don't think the I think Bama fans are annoyed by him, but I also think they they miss that people around the rest of the country, I think generally think that he's competent. Like I think they think he's a loon, but like he knows how to I mean from from all sort of thirty thousand foot views, it looks like he knows how to coach football.
1: Oh, I've never denied that. It's just like his head coaching ten. It's kind of a I don't even want to call it a mixed bag, but it's just like weird his head coaching tenure because uh, he Al Davis went full Al Davis, right, and definitely hired him when he was way too young. So I, I don't even know if we can hold that against him. But then he somehow wound up with the Tennessee job. They weren't bad, but there wasn't a ton of proof of concept, Like yeah, they played Alabama close, but also lost some very winnable games that year. And then he goes to USC right off probation, um, which again, hard to judge him too harshly for that. But then again, Ed Orgeron took over and went like what, seven and one. And we know who Ed Orgeron is as a coach. And he still went like seven and one against a tough schedule or six and two at USC. Um, so and and then the FAU tenure. I mean, like, yeah, they I, went.
2: I mean, they they went ten and two, they went ten and two in twenty eleven.
1: Yeah, but then the, when he actually had any sort of expectations with scholarships somewhat coming back, they were preseason top two or three teams that year. They went six and six right after that. You know. No, I know. It's 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 hard
0: to judge him on anything. It's weird. <laughs> I do I do think saying he's 8 and 6 as the old miss head coach is pretty reductive given that he took over a program that was 4 and 8 the year before he went 5 and 5 in his first season which was the covid season
1: Welding instructor Alex Declaire knows
0: firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers Anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders
2: Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure Equal Opportunity Lender NMLS 1717824 Terms and conditions apply
0: visit figure.com for more information For licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org which is like it's hard to bring in a new coach and do new stuff and he made the team better and he has started It's so hard to install an offense and he has started 3 and 1 like 5 and 5 to 3 and 1 is progress obviously it could fall apart absolutely he could finish worse this year than he has before but like we all expect him to go better than 500 this year. And I think that what they've shown on the field this year has, has shown us that. And I think saying, Oh, he's only eight just, he's a head coach. Like he's so it's all Miss. Like they're not, unless something drastically changes, they are not an 11 and one pro like school. It's not what they, they do. I mean, they won
1: 19 games in two years with, I mean, I understand like, uh, again, COVID season, I was probably a little too harsh about the COVID season, but I mean, damn, Hugh Freeze went nine and three and then nine and three again two years in a row, which, like, did yeah, not but, happen at – uh, that kind of like, – that, that stuff didn't happen at Ole Miss beforehand. And, yeah, he was cheating his ass well, off. Hugh but, Freeze like, did damn, not get he was fired was being, being about. bad at his job. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, but that's also that, – that. yeah, that's also one of those, too, where it's like I could probably run a successful company, too, if I commit fraud. Like uh, – I don't know, like, if, like, like, like. I I don't so feel like do the Hugh fraud. freeze thing is like. <laughs> I mean, but that, but then that's not sustainable. You get caught for doing fraud because you're all Miss and you're you're a large enough scapegoat to be able to go down. Like, like you're not you're not insulatable enough.
1: You, 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 he wasn't caught for doing the fraud. He was caught for bragging about the fraud. If it not I that, understand, like, but that the, 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 the compliance tweet, like. <laughs>
2: No, but the, the, just in, just inviting just the 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 invitation of the NCA anywhere near the campus is. Uh, I mean, it's all like it, it's hard to separate one from the other. But that was a. I think most people felt like that was a house of cards that was built not for sustainability. It was to try and potentially, with as many five stars as they were bringing in, rip off an SEC title or two, which they almost did in 2016. I mean, that was certainly not out of the question. They were one bullshit fourth and 25 Hunter Henry play away from it. And then they had other opportunities and in in years prior, but I, I don't know. I, I think that Lane Kiffin has shown as, as it currently stands and, I don't think that he's probably going to end up at Ole Miss long-term, but he looks like he has built the most sustainable model of success in the 21st century at Ole Miss in 18 months already. And maybe I'm completely off base, and we probably should have this conversation with the Rippy, but it, it, it looks like a football team that has proven more competent than anyone has in the past that I've seen.
0: They look to me like a football team whose floor is – Eight and four, and if it's a really bad year, they go six and six, seven and five. And I have a hard time believing that you could find me a lot of Ole Miss fans who would take would turn that down. Yeah, yeah I just
1: again, I, the, I, 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 I made this be. I mean, they've won they've they won and ten and games. If I am, I'll eat that. All, Ole Miss
2: has won ten games two times since. 1971. So if they win, I mean, they they legitimately could sniff 10 wins this year. I mean, that, that would be the best season since. So I, I don't know. I, I think my whole thing is I think Bama fans just don't like lane because I think lane yeah, I, I think it is a very, like, Lane is upset because Bama doesn't like him, but Bama is also, like, they, they feed into, uh, if they both would just drop it, I think that it could very, very easily go along the wayside. And if one of them would just drop it, I think it would go along the wayside. But Lane won't let it go, and I just don't, I don't think Bama will let it go either.
1: Oh, a- Andrew, once again, I will say, Ross, you can confirm this, B- Bama fans, like, it seems like they are very pro-Lane, like, more than they should be just as he's a head coach of an SEC West team, they're very, very pro lane. And that's a little for the most part. me. Yeah.
0: I think um, most people I know are, are pretty pro lane, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: which I sure. Good for them. Um, but lane is just still mad that Saban fired him, which given the circumstances, uh, maybe a little too, maybe a little premature by Sabin, but also from what I've heard, he didn't really give Nick a choice there. Um, Again, story for another day. We're moving on. How many of you guys caught Iowa 51-Maryland 14 Friday night? Not a play. I looked at the box score. Uh, I, I watched through the middle of the second quarter, and then I turned it off after Talia Tongavaloa's third pick. Um, Iowa is going full Iowa this year, and that is a threat to anyone listening to this um, you are not safe from Iowa football this year. Just terrifying. But there it's it's one of those Iowa years.
0: It's absolutely a good Iowa year, which are the worst.
1: Are See,
2: here's the the, the the best thing about this for me is I I don't really have to pay attention to both Penn State and Iowa because I just have to watch the game this weekend and it's going to tell me all I need to know it, it, it. I don't have to bother figuring out these two teams. These two teams are going to figure it out for me. So whatever Saturday has to, has to offer, I think I will wins, but um, I don't know. I'm still, I, I, I am excited that the big 10 is doing my work for
1: me. Yeah. Well, Penn State's issue the last couple of years has been, can Sean Clifford just like not lose the load? Like you guys have heard the song, just like, you know, you better not lose the load by chief Keith and Gucci man. And, Chief Keith first line is I'm not gonna lie. I lost a load, man. That's Sean Clifford. Like that's it. Like just, <laughs> just don't lose a load. And he hasn't lost a load. Sean Clifford the absolutely year. lost a load. Yeah, um, and he hasn't yet. And it's just like, hey, just you've got to. I mean, James Franklin has put together some really good defenses over the last few years, um, and Sean Clifford has just been Sean Clifford. But that's a good thing this season. And I don't. Know, it'll be a very interesting game. Um, I, you know, the the thing was. Oh, if Maryland just doesn't turn the ball over, they'll be fine. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're still playing Iowa, and they forced like five turnovers, and they won the game by 37 points on the no road on though. Friday. No sacks though. Uh, Tolia probably should have taken a few. The beloved sacks, turtle tongue by took No sacks. Um, but yeah, Iowa scary good. Uh, moving on, another big highlight here, which I really want to discuss since uh, I know a friend of the pod, Zach Davis, may be listening. Um, well, this is a very—it's a great follower. So um, Zach Davis, hope you hear this. Love you, buddy. Cincinnati twenty-four, Notre Dame thirteen. Um, I phrase this as the I mean, Illinois was like their calculus final, and Notre Dame was like their physics final. So like they—they've done that, but it's like, damn, like they still got that home EC assignment coming up. Like it's only week six, guys, and they—they have to hold on from now until the AEC championship game if they want to. Shout out the playoff, but what do, what do we think, guys? Like, I don't, I don't see why City shouldn't be a top five team right now. Or, if, you know, if they win this weekend and once either Penn State or Iowa loses, I don't see why they shouldn't be in the top four.
0: I think they're the obvious next team up for the top four, depending on who loses the Penn State Iowa game.
1: Right, like they've done everything.
0: I mean, like, their yeah, defense is better than their offense,
1: but their offense isn't bad. Exactly. Uh, they've gone on the road and beaten two Power 5 teams, well, Notre Dame Power 5, et cetera, et cetera. But they've beaten them both by double digits on the road. Like, that's, that's, that's about as good a first five-week resume as any G5 team has had. Because even when Houston started out that year hot a few years ago, I mean, that Oklahoma game was, A, a neutral site, but, B, a neutral site in Houston. So, like, that was – I don't want to call it a home game because Oklahoma fans travel, but, I mean, Houston didn't have to travel that game. But he went to Notre Dame and they went to Indiana and they beat both of them by double digits. Indiana's not going to look like a great win, but damn. Like, what do you want Cincy to do there? It's not their fault.
0: What's going to happen, and I will admit, I, I heard someone else mention this, it was probably Godfrey, who said, like, it's really – what they're going to do is they're going to put him at four, And then every time Cincinnati beats the shit out of someone who they're supposed to, um, they're just going to move them down because other teams had more impressive wins, and it's just going to be incredibly rude.
1: Yeah. um, Again, Cincinnati can only play the schedule that they are given, which I understand why they want to join the Big 12 because, look, I I don't think Kansas State, Iowa State – well, I don't know if that's the best example, but Kansas State, Kansas – and other Big Twelve teams are, you know, that's not a super great resume, but as a whole, it's probably better than what they'll play in the AAC. Which, again, since he should be after what they've done, they should just be able to be considered for a playoff spot, even if it stays at four. They, like they, they've beaten two power five teams on the road by double digits. There are very few, like Alabama hasn't done that yet. You know, Georgia hasn't done that yet. Um, but since he has, yeah, Alabama they're legitimately good. Who, who has Georgia played on the road? That's not Vanderbilt. Um, no one. They've just had they had the neutral side against Clemson. This year? But yeah. Okay. Even no, Georgia doesn't neutral. have two Power Five yeah. road wins. Yeah, they not I know Alabama certainly doesn't. Since he does. So, and both those teams are I mean, better than you Vanderbilt. could make an argument to me right
0: now that Cincinnati is the number three team in the country behind Alabama and Georgia. I I, mean, like I, I think, would hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have not watched enough football being played in the Midwest to confidently say whether Iowa, Penn State, or Cincinnati is the best team, next best team. But like, I mean, Alabama and Georgia clearly separated themselves and I think you could make an argument for any one of those three being in it. And it doesn't really matter which one it is because they're going to play each other except for Cincinnati. So all that matters is to find out how high Cincinnati is allowed to be ranked before the committee eventually screws them out of a playoff spot. Yep.
1: And I think that number is, three or four um, unless Penn State Iowa's close. Cause if Penn State Iowa's close, then they'll probably stay where they're at or just flip depending on result. Um, next thing I we'll want to talk about really quickly, really just next two games before you move on to um, previewing week six. Um, Auburn 24 LSU 19. Uh, Auburn has not won in Tiger stadium in my football watching life, which began really in 'o two three around that time. Uh, so it's weird. Still, Don't believe that it's happened because I just had not seen that before. Um, Anybody catch any minute of this game? Because it was weird as shit, but still hilarious. I
0: watched the end of it, which obviously was the interesting part.
1: Mm -hmm. Which game was this? I was watching Auburn Oh,
2: oh, I was there. I I, I watched the whole thing. Very funny. Hilarious, actually.
1: How did it? How did it feel like, uh, well, Andrew, as a Georgia grad? How did it was you feel the watching most, Auburn win new, a road game on the back of a Tyler Fromm touchdown catch?
2: <laughs> oh my god! It was the most. It was the most boring, like exciting, close, drunk, dumb game. Um. The uh. The I, I don't know though. I. I I don't know what to think about Auburn other than it's hard for me to imagine a world in which Bo Nix doesn't get his head separated from his body next week. Just like – the, the the running around that he did making things work baffled. Like LSU probably had six different opportunities to end the ball game. Like they tackle him on that crazy fourth down play. They end up in ending it there. They had a, uh, a, a fourth and goal from the Auburn one yard line that they were going for it and then got a false start. Um, I think they missed a field goal. Like there were just there were three or four. Um, very, very easily identifiable plays that were like, it, do this one thing and the game is over. And they couldn't do any of them. And so, I mean, LSU was up 13 0, and it should have been 16 0. Um, and uh, Auburn had no answer in the first half, and I have no idea how they let him back in the game.
0: Andrew, is uh, Deep South in um, Sanford or Jordan Hare this week?
2: Jordan Hare. So Auburn no, Devil, not it, it's, get it's weird, Jordan it?
0: Hare, Andrew.
1: Do not, it's Jordan Hare. Do J- not listen. Jordan, not her.
0: Listen. Jordan, Jordan, her. Well, so Auburn Devil um, Magic is the reason that they, he might not get his head taken off and he might somehow like just throw for 500 yards and beat LSU or beat Georgia. Well,
1: well Correct. what's funny is in 2019 uh, Deep South, um, I remember watching that game because it was right after Tua like died. I'm um, so I, remember, I remember watching that game. Georgia was up 21-0 until Kirby went Kirby and just, like, stopped trying. And they let Auburn back in the game. Um, don't think that's happening this week. Uh, but, yeah, it's deep south. Andrew. You're not going, are you, Andrew?
2: No, I will be at a bachelor party in Denver, Colorado.
1: Oh, wow. That's well, a good city, Andrew. That's a good save. Yes, I
2: can't your, your boy. Um, yes, your boy is going to be at a EDM show at Red Rocks, uh, blocking several rows behind me. I've never been to one. I'm heck, very excited.
1: Heck yeah, I'm excited for you, Andrew. Luckily, the steps are very tall. That, so.
2: yes. <laughs> what we got before? What we got before picks? I'm I'm about to have to bounce here.
1: Before picks, um, Stanford third, won Oregon twenty four. We don't have to spend much time on this, but yeah, um, Oregon can't lose again, or the Pac twelve is done again. Um, kind of weird. They've got Pac twelve dead. Um,
2: Pac twelve dead.
1: Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, moving on to quick week six preview. We've got a few nominees for singles game of the week, but one pretty obvious winner. We got South Carolina at Tennessee. Um, both teams that like are trying their best, and I'm proud of them. But yeah. Uh, TCU at Texas Tech, two teams that really don't have an excuse to be as bad as they've been over the last three years, but they have been, and they probably both need new coaching. Uh Georgia State at UL Monroe, just two really bad Sun Belt teams, one of them coached by Terry Bowden. So it should be very interesting.
2: I told y'all uh, but actual- last week last last week I told y'all my lock was Coastal Carolina minus thirty six against ULM and they beat them by fifty-three.
0: I doubted it. Picks. I doubted it. I'm on the air. It is. I did that, and I I apologize to you. Andrew, you were correct. Uh
1: But we got the combo, um, folks. UMass the versus UConn. Um, that's that. You know, we thought we had the sickos game of the century previously, and it. I think it still is because Vanderbilt is just permanently sicko until they get back to James Franklin level. But yeah, I mean, Connecticut, UMass, buddy, that's just like a New England slobber knocker. And I I can't wait for this one. Ross, this is this your homeland, baby. Are you excited for this?
0: Yeah, me and my people in New England cannot absolutely cannot wait for this year's come ball. Hell
1: yeah. Um, actual games to watch. We'll just skip through this um, since we've already talked about a lot of these teams already. Uh, number four, Princeton and number three, Iowa. Obviously, just huge playoff implications, but... Both these teams are undefeated, and both these teams can lose this game. It's still easy to make the playoff if they win out. Um, but it'll be fun. Top five matchup in the Big Ten, um, which is great. Game day won't be there, though. Game day will be at Red River, which is number six, Oklahoma, against number 21, Texas. Texas might be the best team in the Big 12, but Oklahoma is still um, you know, way more talented than they are, uh, even with how well Texas has played so far. Number 13, Arkansas. Number 17, Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral threw five or six picks in this game last year. Um, just when things go bad for Matt Corral, they go really, really bad. So, you know, maybe he can bounce back. And uh, But, yeah, this is pretty much a New Year's Six elimination game from the way it's looking. And number nine, Michigan at Nebraska. Nebraska has a pulse. Very uh, interesting for them. Uh, I thought they were dead after Illinois, and they still might be. But – Scott Frost is probably keeping his job if they keep playing as well as they have played. And that game is in Lincoln. And um, I know Harbaugh just won at Wisconsin, but it's still a Harbaugh Michigan team on the road. So should be interesting. Ross, any thoughts on uh, that quick slate of games here?
0: Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, I saw something um, online, and I wish I could remember who it goes to. You, but I, so I'll try to credit them later if I find it. But it was the – Penn State-Iowa is going to be the first top five Big Ten game, not including Michigan or Ohio State, since something like 1966. Uh, and I think that's Jeez. pretty cool. Good for them.
1: Is it like Wait, Michigan one more State time, please? Some, and someone else back then?
0: It is, it is the first top five game between two Big Ten teams, not including Ohio State since somewhere in the 90s, and not including Michigan or Ohio State since, I think, the 60s.
2: Wow! Hell yeah! Good on them. So again, no, you. No, no. mostly thank mostly mo- Iowa State, State game. Mostly thank you to to the Big Ten for only making me watch this one game to figure out who's good in the Big Ten.
1: The Big Ten's interesting, Ten. Andrew, but that's another that's another conversation. Um, okay, so interesting and let's watchable. Go to the pick six. different
0: things, Kevin. Correct. Well, all right.
1: Yeah,
2: but L- but let me we... hit you. Let me hit you with mine quickly, and then I'm going to bounce out of here number one, easy Bama minus 17 and a half. Um, that is going to be the quickest cover of all time. If you can find the the Bama first half line under 10, bet your fucking life on it. Um, Oklahoma, uh, and then, okay, here we go. We're taking all favorites this week, and the next five are all three point favorites. Taking Oklahoma minus three, Iowa minus three, Michigan minus three, USC minus three, the Four traditional college football powers, Oklahoma, Iowa, Michigan, USC, and a fifth traditional college football power we're taking Yukon minus three. All right boys you... all
1: right, see you drew um, Ross the I'll see y'all. In, uh, is the Cumball in Amherst or stores this week?
0: It is in Amherst.
1: Okay, interesting. All right, cool. I don't think that makes any difference whatsoever, but just
0: <laughs> just wondering. It Really does uh, not. I think, maybe just, I think after UConn's great make show last will, week, there they should be favored by more.
1: What time is that game? If that game's at like nine a.m., I may see if I can just catch a flight out there for the game and then come back down. It'll for, be three thirty um, p.m. Know, at Texas a and Damn, too late. Oh well, um, but just very, again, I know like we all joke like, haha. We all say we're sick of but we're not watching this. Buddy, I was like trying to find Yukon Vanderbilt last week. <laughs> just to so at least watch the second half. Um, those are my favorite football games. Because it's like it is truly college football distilled. It's not like it's not super corporate. I don't know if there's this. there may be one or two pros on the Vanderbilt side. Um it's not it, it it's truly college football two A T. It's just like these guys are playing literally because, like, they want to. There's no other, like, <laughs> motivation there. And, hey, shout-out to Joseph Bolivos, former Alabama kicker, joining the game, his second game winner of the year. That was huge. Yeah, shout-out. this a great guy.
0: Um, all right, KP, all right so, Ross, so let's
1: hear um, – yeah, um, I'll just go through all six of mine. Uh, number one, again, Oklahoma minus three and a half against Texas at Red River. Like I said, Oklahoma's still just like, I think they're a better team than Texas. Uh, I do think Spencer Radler and that Oklahoma offense figured some things out at Kansas State, which doing that in Manhattan, Kansas is not an easy task. Ask anyone that's played in a game at Kansas State over the last 20 years. Um, so that was an encouraging sign for me. Next, Maryland at Ohio State over six and nine and a half. Ohio State's defense still bad. Um, Maryland's defense, horrible, um, but I do think that even if it's a blowout, I think Ohio State's going to run it up a little bit. Next, Georgia Tech, minus 2.5 at Duke. That just looked like really good value to me. I don't know how that line got so small. Duke is abysmal this season. We love you, Coach Cutcliffe. Um, come on the show, please. Uh, but I don't know if Duke is still a viable program under David Cutcliffe at this point. Um, Next, Penn State plus two and a half at Iowa. I think Penn State's just a better roster top to bottom. I know Iowa's playing very, very well. um, But I do think Penn State's just a better team overall. And I think Penn State's defense can force Iowa into a negative game state, as our friends over at Split Zone have (laughs) mentioned many times. Colorado State got Iowa into a tipsy game state. I have no doubt Penn State can do more than that. Illinois plus 10 at home against Wisconsin. I just don't
0: do that, so.
1: Well, we is a – the word we is doing a lot of work there, Ross. Um, Illinois plus 10 at home against Wisconsin. Um, I don't trust anything about Graham Mertz anymore. Um, Graham Mertz tricked y'all from week one of last year, and we were just – everyone continues to hold on to week one of last year, but, yeah, he's not that guy. And that's fine. Um, I wish him the best, but he's not that guy. And next, Arkansas Ole Miss under 67. I These are just two teams that – um, really just want to like get into a form of stasis uh, defensively. They just want to keep everything in front of them, and I do think that's going to lead to longer drives on both ends. And um, Ole Miss has a great offense, but I think Arkansas' defense will have a much better game, and 67 is just a huge number. you are telling me it's going to be a 34-33 game, and I just don't see how that's possible at all. I don't see either team scoring more than 34 in this game period anyway, so... Uh, But, yeah, those are my six, Ross. What do you think?
0: Those aren't too bad. You know, I think those are uh, going to be some interesting picks, and I I look forward to seeing how that plays out for you.
1: Thank you, Ross. Let's go into yours. What do you got for us?
0: Now, I would like to preface these picks by uh, letting our our listeners know that I have heard from more than one real-life person that a uh, solid financial – investment for them has been to bet actual money against my picks down the board. Um, so if that's something <laughs> well, you're interested 0 and 6 in. 6 will do that. 0-6, uh, and, and I think I went 1-4-1 this week. So if you are interested in making a, a return on investment, just fade me all the way up and down the line. Um, it will hurt my feelings, so please don't tell me about it. But uh, And I cannot promise that that will continue because I will continue to try my best. Which is probably not a good sign, but I will say my first pick this week. I'm starting with a Thursday night game, and since I may since I caught this literally earlier today, I have already got uh, three points of closing line value of Coastal Carolina. I got him at minus sixteen and a half against Arkansas State, and that his line is already oh, at nineteen and a half. So, how did I'm that line get down to
1: half?
0: I don't know. I saw it at 16.5, and and it's now at 19.5. Jeez, well, good for you. Um, And then I am uh, tempting fate by going against uh, one of my rules, which is betting on a game I actually care about, and I think Alabama minus 17.5 against A&M is some pretty great value right now because A&M doesn't look so hot, and I don't believe in what they can do um, with their current quarterback situation. I've got. Oh, ba- uh, I think Bama's
1: gonna. I think Bama can. Oh, sorry, Ross. Before you go on, I just want, I think Bama can score twenty-seven and cover that pretty easily it's
0: still. Um, <laughs> and like I think going Bama's out. gonna score, score more than twenty-seven. So I'm with you there. Yep. Um. Also on the seventeen and a half point line, I'm. I'm just like picking a lot of big point lines uh, this week. I have Florida mm-hmm. State covering seventeen and a half against UNC. Um, Ooh. Florida State has lost by double digits just once this season. Now they've played a variety of levels of opponent. So they've played up and down to each Mm -hmm. of them. The only (laughs) team they've lost by double digits to is Wake Forest. Um, But I don't think UNC has been as good this year as they were supposed to be, uh, as we sort of all expected. So I think Florida State losing by 12 is probably the most likely outcome. So I Mm -hmm. don't feel too bad about them covering a 17.5-point spread. Um, I've also got Michigan yeah. state minus five against Rutgers. I know Rutgers hasn't looked bad this year, but I think Michigan state might be pretty decent. Um, and they're ranked pretty highly. And, uh, I think five points against Rutgers is not enough. So I think they're going to win by more than that. And then I've also got uh, the over in the red river game. Uh, I got it at sixty-three and a half. I think, uh, you know, both teams have struggled a little bit and done some weird shit, but it would not surprise me. If uh, those two teams are able to combine for more than 64 points, I don't think that's too much of a stretch with, uh, with Sark and Texas now. And then I have UGA, UGA Auburn under 45.5. I just don't uh, really see that one being too pointsy. I think mm-hmm. uh, UGA's defense is very good, and I think their offense is okay. And I could see that one being – I mean, 37 nothing again, would be under. So – True. I take that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that
1: really depends on who's playing quarterback. Like, I think this is you and your heart of hearts knowing Stetson is still going to start this game. Um, and if Stetson, yeah. Beauregard, Bennett, the uh, 19th does start the game, then, yeah, I mean, the center's going to hit. I don't look, I, uh, look far be for me to say a good thing about Auburn, but I do think it was, like, really cool that, like, they broke the streak last week. I think they're in for an emotional letdown against. Maybe the best team in the country <laughs> this week that has the best defense we've seen in 10 years in college football. Again, look at the offense Georgia's played. They're playing Auburn's offense, so we won't really get a good read on them. We probably won't get a good read on them until December, potentially. But they can only play who's in front of them. Um, so I think that Under's a really smart pick, Ross. This is a good week for you. I, I see a good week. I, this is not going to go 0 and 6 which
0: is hard to do. I look forward to finding but, a way to end up going 0-6 anyways.
1: This is a tough 0-6, man. I do, I like the FSU pick as well. FSC has just been – I mean, they ha- that's a talented roster. Like, I know recruiting rankings only mean so much, but they're still the recruiting rankings, you know? I, they, they <laughs> like, that. those I count for something, for and season. I do – it does. It does. And I don't think Florida State's over that ratio. They might be, uh, but I know North Carolina isn't. And Florida State's got some good players, and they're a proud program. I do think that they can get it right for one game, and, yeah, they're not going to beat North Carolina, most likely. But, yeah, they can definitely shrink that, you know, margin down to uh, 17 a seventeen that has a lot of points, man, for a North Carolina team that can't block – or run or catch um, or defend. So, yeah. should be interesting for sure. It'll be a good week.
0: And Ralph, what's your bonus college pick? football watching? Oh, talk to me. I got a bonus pick for you 9 p.m. Eastern to a Saturday night, mm-hmm. Wilder mm-hmm. Fury 3.
1: Ooh. You know, I fully believe that. Boxing is about as rigged as pro wrestling. Not as much, but, you know, close. Um, I do think the powers that be will see to it that Wilder wins this one. Because the first one was a draw, inexplicably. I think Wilder did win the first one. Um, And then just Fury just kind of packed him up (laughs) in round two. But I I do think Wilder will win this fight. Um, I think he's too talented of a fighter not to. And the talent's taken him a long way, but I do think that he's just worked on his actual technique in terms of just like, yeah, he's still the most powerful puncher, but I do think he will know how to like dodge and protect his chin this time around. So I've got Wilder, man. I don't know what that line is. I don't know what the uh, what those numbers look like, but I think Wilder is going to pull it together and get this W. What about you?
0: I'm going to be rooting for Wilder. I have no idea what's going to happen. I agree with you. I think the first one was a draw. And I think the second one, uh, Fury got away with um, mm-hmm. a punch. Murder. I don't remember. I want to say it was to the back of the head, like early in the fight. And Wilder was just not the same fighter for the rest of the match. And so they threw in the towel, which made sense because he just wasn't right. Um, but I'm hoping that you know they'll they'll avoid that happening again. And uh, I think Deontay's in for for getting the W this time.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, Deontay Wilder. Um, that's close to a legend. Uh, let Deontay fight at Coleman Coliseum Challenge, Alabama administration. I love you, J-Bo, but we'll never forgive you for that one. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a good one. Ross, let Deontay fight at Bryant-Denny any Challenge. True. Ross, you got any fun um, football watching plans this week? Are you going to any games? I know you're pretty close to College Park, technically.
0: I will not be going to College Park this week. Um But I will tell you, it is the first week in a long time that I will be by myself at home all day Saturday in my apartment, and I do not have anywhere else to be, so I can tell you I'm getting the bedroom TV out. I'm going to have three TVs set up, and I will be watching every single game that I can get my eyes on all day Saturday, and it's going to be magnificent. So if you are in the the the, um... DMV area, let me know. We got three TVs running. We'll be, uh, we'll be having quite an event here on here on Saturday.
1: What's the Bama Alumni Bar in D.C. these days? It's not, um, it's not Union Pub anymore, is it?
0: So it is. there is still doing Union Pub. Um, the barbecue place down in Navy Yard is no longer, and there is apparently a place in Foggy Bottom as well. I have not been to the Foggy Bottom one. And I'm not going to not gonna ask. Went to Union Pub once, and it was fine.
1: I've been to Union Pub once, and um, it was like when I thought Tua died. So I don't really want to go back. And like it was right before halftime, too. And they have a thing there at halftime. They play Sweet Home Alabama and Dick Delight at halftime. And it's like, Sigh. I know you have your thing, but like read the room. Like we think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like Union Pub. I, I liked it at the time, at least. It was pre COVID. So, you know, get a Yellowhammer picture for 15 bucks but yeah I would not ask BML Lumps to go to Navy yard against their will so I'm not going to promote that here on the banjo college football podcast
0: That's fair. We'll find we'll find something new. We'll find something better.
1: We will. We will. Um I will be in conversation in section 410 watching the game with um coach Brian and coach Frank Thomas. Um so you know we're going to shoot the shit, talk about, you know, why Bear Bryant finally integrated, why Frank Thomas wouldn't, you know, just, you know, silly little conversations like that. But it'll be fun. Uh, I love Cal Field. I do think um, there are multiple places that are louder, but there's no other place that's as coordinated as them. Um, It is crazy to see the student section in lockstep on every single yell. So I'm really looking forward to going that. First game, first Alabama game, I will attend with my girlfriend. So, um, you know, that's fun. (laughs)
0: Going to be, I look forward. Um, pretty interesting
1: to, to
0: see. Uh, I look forward to hearing about how that goes for you on Sunday, and if you're still, yeah, you know, I am driving by, back by Monday.
1: I am driving to and from College Station on Saturday, so like, I, I, can't just go full KP for this game, which is definitely a good thing. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll. Um, uh, it should be fine. It'll be fun. and we should knock on wood. Went by a considerable amount. So stress levels will go down. But when I complain about, you know, Jalen Milroe not seeing the robber when they're in cover three, then yeah, we, we may just have to leave
0: early at that point because
1: <laughs> I don't want her to sit through that.
0: <laughs> Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Uh,
1: folks, this is Banjo Forty. We're in week six of college football, man. We're looking at the middle of that schedule when you look at that whole calendar start to finish. Um, It's been a great season so far. Uh, We love you. We've recorded pretty much every week so far, which is not a thing we achieved last year. Uh, And I got to credit the new recruit, Ross, for helping us stay on schedule here. Um, We'll be back maybe later this week. If not, then definitely next Tuesday on Spotify Green Room. Uh, presented by Sports Drink. So, folks, until then, have a great week. Have a great college football Saturday, and finish your breakfast. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.